Come on, guys. We turned out okay. The Modern Parent's Guide to Old School Parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hey, welcome to episode 35, a Just You and Me episode where we get to chat today about the power of positive discipline. And a Just You and Me episode means it's just you and me, you listening and me talking. I'm good at talking. <laughs> and today I'm so excited about this show. It's positive discipline is such a big subject that it's going to take two episodes to cover it really well. And even then, I think it'll just be the tip of the iceberg. But I, I feel like it's better to at least get a couple episodes out there so that um, because people are confused about what positive discipline is, what it means and how to do it. So today's going to be kind of a mindset show. And the next one will be kind of a ninja tactics show. But there may be a few ninja tactics in here too. We'll see. And I want to start off with a story about a time that I screwed up and thank goodness my husband was around to save the day. So even somebody like me with a master's degree in early childhood education, where we talk a lot about positive discipline. I mean, it's more than just don't hit your kid. There's there's a lot, there's a lot more to it. And um, I spent a long time learning how to implement it. And then I spent a long time really doing it well in the classroom. But when you have your own kids, sometimes you just you get really caught up in it and you just don't do it well, uh, disciplining at all. So this is a story about my husband, the hero. <laughs> and so Max was about seven years old. And if I, so I'm, I'm, I've actually been having trouble remembering the catalyst for this, but I think it was a big baddie. In fact, I think it was this time that um, he took a pen knife that he had just gotten and he, he like carved his window, the glass in his window. In fact, it still looks like you can still see it. Um, he just, I don't know, felt like carving little, little, uh, not inscriptions, not words, but he like scored the glass, I guess is really what he did to it with a knife. And I went off the deep end when I found out. I was so angry with him. I yelled. I threatened to take stuff away. I, I did, you know, I was like, you, you know, you're, you're not using your, DS for a month or something like that. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was, it was pretty tough. And what it did was it made him retreat from me mentally. He like, I could, as I'm yelling, I can see him like rebelling in his face. I could see him thinking, I am not listening to a word you say. I don't care what you do to me to punish me. I don't care. Like his whole demeanor. And he was only seven. I mean, it's not like a teen angst kind of thing. It's a it's a, you know, you can beat me up if you want. I don't care. Kind of a kind of an expression. And actually, to be honest, in retrospect, I'm I'm a little bit I'm glad that he had that spirit that he didn't just, I don't know, curl up in a little ball and start crying or something like that. Um, he's got a lot of self-esteem, my my Max. Actually, both my kids do. And I think that this just reinforced for him, like, if you're going to yell at me, I'm going to I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to act like you're not yelling at me. I'm going to just ignore it. And it, it so didn't work. I mean, even it was clear that as I was yelling at him, 
and threatening all this, you know, no screen time, um, that kind of thing. That, that it was not having an effect at all. So I, I finally got smart after a couple minutes and said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I pulled the old wait until your father gets home line. <laughs> Remember that line? Yeah. So actually, in this case, it was the best thing that could possibly happen. So I explained my, when my husband gets home, Max is in his room, and I explained to my husband before he sees Max that he's done this awful thing and that I'm, you know, I'm ready to just take all the fun out of his life for it. And of course, now it's hours later. It's a couple hours later. So I realized that um, it's not like I'm not going to do all that. But I don't know how to kind of save face with Max at this point. I'm I've dug myself in as as the bad cop. And Ben basically, he's such a gentle Ben, you're such a gentle guy. And I love that about you so much. You, you, maybe you were yelled at like this as a child, because what you what you were able to do was to say, okay, so that approach is not working. Let's try something different. And you went and sat down with Max and said to him, okay, so tell me about this. Like what happened and and not just what happened with mom, but what happened with the initial infraction of carving into the window. And and he was able to, his re, Max's reaction to Ben, who is being uh, not a friend. I mean, Max was in trouble and he knew it. But to have someone who's sincerely listening and wanting to help you is such a different, attitude from someone who's if if you're going to you're going to have a different reaction to someone who's treating you like a person instead of like a bad villain uh even at 7 years old and so they were able to come to a solution and it didn't involve to be honest it didn't even involve punishing him um there was no discipline i think i feel like max as soon as he saw the consequences of his action the natural consequences. Now he's got a scratched up window and uh, he's he doesn't have the same kind of view and, and the window is going to need to be replaced. Although we actually that happened like eight years ago and we haven't replaced the window yet. But anyway, <coughs> pardon me. Sorry about coughing on the podcast. Uh, it, it, because it, there were natural consequences to this. Unfortunately, they didn't involve Max getting a cut or something like that. But the window's busted now. Like the window is, is uh, he's kind of been living with this for a long time. I don't, I think he's, he knows that it was not a good thing and he hasn't done it again. It's not like he's, he's sort of up, it's, it's him seeing his shame every single day or something like that. It's more that it's just there and we all live with it now. Uh, but the important thing is that, is that there was no punishment for that. Max wasn't doing it out of, malice. He wasn't saying, I'm going to show my mother, I'll carve up this window. Ha ha ha. He just, he just tried something. He was playing basically. And uh, fortunately, nobody got hurt. And the, you know, the window did not break, like he didn't punch through the window and break the window that way. Although that's, that would have been an interesting natural consequence. We'll get into more into natural consequences on the next, on the next positive discipline episode, because that's one of the Ninja tactics is to think about the natural consequences of an act. A lot of times that's all the discipline you need. And that's what that was the case here. Max felt terrible about doing this. And it, it took Ben to really elicit that from him to to get him to say that he was sorry and that he wouldn't do it again. 
I mean, what are we what are we trying to teach our kids? Are we trying to teach them that their actions are punishable? If they break a rule, then they're going to get punished? Or are we trying to teach them that their actions have natural consequences and that that, that matters? Because all of their lives, all of their life, they're going to find that their actions have natural consequences. And if we make that the lesson, then we are, we're really we're really helping them over the long term rather than, oh, you broke a rule and now this is going to happen to you. <clears throat> Pardon me again. <clears throat> so sorry, I I was perfectly fine before I sat down to record this morning. So that's really what I want to talk about today. There's a mindset that we have to get into in order to make positive discipline work. And getting into this mindset means reacting to most things with a quiet, calm manner. So that's really the first part of this. I yelled and screamed and threatened. Ben went and sat with Max and said quietly, calmly, tell me about this. Tell me about this situation. I'm so, you know, I'm here to listen. Quiet, calm manner. Even if you're not, even if you have a two-year-old who is clearly, you can't say to a two-year-old, I'm here to listen. (laughs) But if you react with, with, yelling and and noise, then guess what you're going to get back? I mean, I I really learned this with Jay. When so Jay, ever since he was born, he's always been a kid who brings energy into himself. And and it doesn't just stay there, it reflects back out. So if he would hear a loud noise from the time long before he could talk, I mean, from when he was pretty much born, if a loud noise would happen, his whole body would react in a way that Max is hadn't. So, I mean, you know, if somebody breaks a glass or um, the vacuum cleaner goes on suddenly or I'm grinding coffee or something like that, Jay is always much more likely to uh, to react physically, often with crying, especially when he was small with crying. But even now at 11, what he what he'll do is he'll the coffee grinder goes on. He wasn't expecting it. He'll go, he'll like yell, he'll go, wow, or something like that. And then when the coffee grinder goes off, he'll go, mom, I was not expecting that. <laughs> he, uh, or he'll make the noise, he'll, he'll imitate the noise back at the coffee grinder or the Vitamix, those kinds of things, the blender, whatever. Um, he just, it's like, he, he takes that energy in and reflects it back out. So when I yell at him, which does happen sometimes as much as I try again. I mean, nobody's perfect. And uh, that's why that's why you're here to learn from my mistakes. So when I yell at Jay, he takes that in. And he gives me back the same kind of energy, oftentimes in yelling, oftentimes while I'm still yelling. uh, I've learned that over the years, I've learned that in order to really do positive discipline well with Jason, I got to be right near him. And I have to be speaking calmly and gently. And if I can do that, he he reacts with calmness and gentleness. It's amazing. It's like the most amazing thing. <laughs> You've got a kid who was formerly freaking out and screaming and yelling. And if I go up to him and I say, you know, that's not working for me right now, or maybe we can try to find some different way to do this. He, he almost, it's almost like he stops because he can't hear me. So uh, he, he stops because he wants to hear what I'm saying. And it forces him to to settle into a quiet and calm demeanor. And actually, I just that's making me remember when I was a teacher, some of the quietest days in the classroom where everybody was the most engaged. And what I don't mean quiet, like they're all sitting in rows, not speaking. I mean, the most engaged days where the noise is all 
kids laughing or, or talking together or uh, building block towers together or just they're they're really engaged in their work, which a, a preschooler's work is to is to is very social. It's very social work. So but the days when I would come in with laryngitis or something like that, where the kids had to stop and listen to me were like the <laughs> the quietest days because everybody's it's you've taken the whole the energy to a, a, a very different place. And so we we can do that in our homes. And uh, when we do, it's amazing the difference. It's really pretty awesome. So I said at the beginning of this, when talking about this kind of first part of the positive discipline mindset, I said it means reacting to most things with a quiet, calm manner. And I do say most things because the great thing about yelling is if you don't do it often, it really gets a reaction when you need it most. Like if you're going to stop somebody from running out and in, into the road to catch a ball, to retrieve a ball, or uh, you you have finally had it. Like you've had a week of rain. Nobody's getting outside. They are just snipping at each other all the time. And you've, you've gone about your life with your quiet, calm manner. Well, when you say stop, they're going to stop because you never use that voice. That's like the, that's the, I'm at the, you've pushed me to that point kind of, uh, or I am at that point. I like I like to not blame the kids for pushing me to that point, but sometimes it does happen. Anyway, yeah, so I've gotten to that point and that's when you need yelling because it can save a life, really. So the second thing, that was the first thing, getting into the mindset with a calm, quiet manner. The second thing about the mindset of positive discipline is you have to make the punishment fit the crime. So making the punishment fit the crime, I... I don't think it makes good sense to have set punishments. I know a lot of a lot of very logical people who, uh, you know, maybe didn't, maybe just don't, aren't that, uh, somebody who's more logical and, and is much happier with numbers or, um, you know, the very concrete set in stone, here are the rules kind of things. And there's, I, I think there's probably at least half the people in this world are, are like that, that our brains all work differently. Uh, People like rules that you can always, you know, there's a sign of rules. You can point to the rules and say, um, these are the rules. So I have a friend, this is completely off topic, but I have a friend whose entire positive discipline comes from the rule, don't die. That is their only rule, don't die. (laughs) And it's made for such a great, fun, interesting life for this family. Uh, The kids are, they've always been, I mean, experts at climbing trees. They they have... um, they have a great social demeanor. They're really, really well connected because there's a lot that goes into don't die. So anyway, that's that's just that's one rule. So but if if we if we have a mental or even a physical list of rules, you know, no hitting. If you hit, this is what happens. You get you get no screen time for half an hour. If you think of other punishments that you that you have handed out, certainly that I've handed out. If we have if we always say, people say it's good to have consistency. Well, this is one place where I feel like it's not good to have the kind of consistency that means, oh, you've done that, you've broken this rule, now you've got this punishment. It's, they're not, it's always different. The punishment has to fit the crime. So if you do this, if you make set punishments, it means that you've, it, you've, Oh gosh, how can I say this? You've you're focused on the negative. That's what I'm trying to say. You're very focused on the negative. If 
if you've, you know, if you do this, then you've lost screen time for a set amount of time. If you do that, it means no dessert for a week. If you do this other thing, it means a timeout of five minutes. And actually, I have a I have a real thing about timeouts, which I will probably get into in the second episode of Positive Discipline, which is going to be episode 38 coming up in exactly two weeks from today. So timeouts, the way that a lot of people teach to do timeouts do not do not work in the certainly they didn't work in the world of school, because what happens is uh, you can't you cannot monitor 15 kids getting a timeout. You know, oh, you set your timer for three minutes. It's your timeout. It doesn't it just doesn't work. So anyway, that's there. There will be a time and place for a timeout diatribe. But maybe this isn't it. If anyway, if you have a list of infractions and consequences, you're off, you're completely focused on the negative. You're saying, here's here's the infraction, here's the consequence. Oh, here's that bad thing, here's the consequence. We want to focus on the positive, right? If we want to focus on that positive, we have to wait until they've done something wrong and then figure out how to turn it into a lesson. If we think about it, when I was a teacher, I went to a conference and it was this was one of the most best lessons that I've ever that I ever learned and that I've really, it's really stayed with me. Our child's brains are founda- the foundations for houses. And those foundations are made of bricks. We can, we can envision this, that, you know, your child's brain is a foundation for a house. It's going to be an awesome house. And it's made of bricks. And every single interaction that we have with our kids is a brick. So every time they do something wrong, they don't know maybe that it's wrong, uh, but they do something wrong. It's a it's one brick in their foundation. And we have the power to make that a a very strong foundation. And the way that we do that is by by focusing on the positive. When they do something wrong, we figure out how to turn it into a lesson. So that's really the punishment has to fit the crime. So just so consider that. That is that's the second part of the positive discipline mindset. The third part is about taking your child seriously, by which I mean going in with the assumption that she's a good child and she wants to not get in trouble, that he's doing the best that he possibly can. Kids, they're not, I I can remember uh, interviewing and I'll have to post this interview at some point, but it was before I knew I was going to have a podcast. I I have a great dear friend named Donna who is a preschool teacher and she's actually, she's an, she coordinates a play group for kids from birth to five and their and their parents. And she's an assistant preschool teacher. And so she I love it because she gets to see a lot of interactions with kids and she doesn't have to her her days are very different from a preschool teachers. And like a, a lot of times the preschool teachers are there's a whole meta level with preschool teaching where you you're you're trying to figure out uh did they, you know, are they getting the social development that it, that they need? You're focusing on the long term, the curriculum, the 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 planning, the working with parents, all this kind of stuff. Whereas uh, the the job of an assistant is really to be in there with the kids and 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 help with them. And and as a consequence, you really get to know the kids. You get to know them as the teacher as well, but you you get to know them so well as as the assistant. And I bring my friend Donna up because she talks a lot about how preschoolers are not jaded. Like they don't, they don't wake up in the morning going, what the hell is this crappy day going to bring to me? Right. They are in the present, they're in the now, and they have this wonderful sense of wonder. And you can't, that does not combine with, 
I'm going to be bad today. Kids do not start out wanting to get in trouble or wanting to be bad. They're doing the best that they possibly can. And when we take them seriously, it means that we are communicating to them with our every thought and, and word the, the, and touch, that we, that we know that, that we understand that they're doing the best that they can. It's a real shift in mindset going from like, what did you do wrong to, all right, I'm, I'm considering you as a person, not as a rule-breaking child. And I think we all do this to some extent, but it's very easy, as I said in that very first story with Max and the and the using the knife to score his window, I went right away into what the hell did you do this for? You know, this is this is like you you're at fault and you've sort of done this very bad thing and and almost implying that he did it on purpose to like upset me. That's not taking him seriously. And when we when we take them seriously, it, it makes a huge difference in their in their demeanor, in their personality, if they know that that we parents are not the kind of parent that's going to uh, make fun of them or bring them down or assume that they're coming from a negative place, that has a lot of power for for our kids, for us, and for our relationship with our kids. So those are my three. That's the mindset of positive discipline. You got the three the three aspects of it. There's the calm demeanor, going in with a calm, quiet aspect rather than a yelling and screaming one. We do it as much as we can. It can't always happen, as you know. The punishment fitting the crime and taking your child seriously. And that's about all we have time for today. So in the next Just You and Me episode, which again will be episode 38, airing in exactly two weeks, we will get into some positive discipline ninja tactics. And believe me, they will make your life a lot easier. And in the meantime, if you want to connect with me, you can do that at weturnedoutokay.com slash contact. You can go on to Instagram. I love Instagram so much. Please find me over there. It's so much fun. At weturnedoutokay is my Instagram. Uh, I hate this word, handle, my Instagram handle. <laughs> That's where you can find me on Instagram anyway, at weturnedoutokay. I'm on Twitter, at Stone Age Techie. Techie, by the way, is spelled T-E-C-H-I-E. I, I, it's recently come to my attention that there's more than one way to spell techie. So anyway, it's T-E-C-H-I-E. Stone Age Techie on Twitter. And please friend me on Facebook. I love making friends on Facebook. I love when, when parents get in there and friend me and then say, hey, you know, it's good to meet you, basically. So if the other thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit was if you want some extra attention, if you feel like your child is just a really tough nut to crack, if you're feeling all alone in your parenting, I can help. I've just hung out my sign as a parent coach. Because what does a coach do? If you think about a coach for one of your kids, you know, a baseball coach or a piano teacher, teachers are coaches too, uh, if you think about maybe taking a cooking class or something, you know, like a softball, being on a softball team, something like that, those things all require coaches. Teachers are coaches. And that's what I do for parents. I coach parents. I, I, I've had some really great, wonderful coaching experiences since I started the podcast. And if you feel like the podcast is great, I, and I hope you do, but you have a situation that you want help with that, that I just something that's more individualized, maybe, or something that you just you just want want some extra help with. Go to weturnedoutokay.com slash parent hyphen coaching. 
parent-coaching. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes as well. And I, I hope you try it out. I'd love to help you. And I want to thank you so much for listening. I'm so happy to be in your ears right now. If you subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes or Stitcher, it would mean that more parents could become old school parents just like you. So please consider that. Actually, I have in my notes, I have consider that. But I would ask, please do it. I mean, it, it takes just a few seconds and it makes a huge difference. You can have such a big impact on the reach of We Turned Out Okay. And finally, a special thanks to our producer, the man who, if he's been very good, sure enjoys my positive discipline, the 18-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want a date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. Theater, 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 theater,